You're listening to the Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org. Yeah, there it is. Anybody excited to be at the Power Place this morning? Yes. Come on. Well, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Go ahead and, and look at your neighbor. Give them just a, a, a great big happy Valentine's Day. Yes, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Real quick, we're gonna, I just want to give you an opportunity to give this morning, uh, kind of in the attitude of worship. We're going to just continue to, just to, to sow into what God is doing in this house. Uh, it's, it's so incredible, so much fun just seeing how God is moving. Um, in every area, in, in, our, in our students' ministry, in our, in our kids' ministry, all throughout uh, families, everything, in this house, God is on the move. And I, I love being a part of what the Lord is doing here. Um, and, and one of those ways you, you can be a part is, is through your finances, is, is, is hey, we're, we're jumping all in, we're, we're, we're giving of our tithes, our 10%, and even abundance and offerings as well. So wherever you're at, um, let's just... If, if, you have, if, you're, if you have your tithe, you're going to be given in the box this morning. Hold that up. Or if you give online, whatever it is, uh, we just want to bless the seed that you're sowing today. Um, so let's just take a moment and just, just thank God for the seed that you're planting today, uh, that the harvest is going to come tenfold down the road. So Lord, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for the seeds that are being planted, God, in our, in our first fruits, God, in our tithes, in our offerings, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would bless those that are giving today, God. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to give in abundance, Lord God. Just pour out your spirit upon us, Lord God. As, you, as you've been moving in this house, God, would you continue to do so, God. As we are faithful, Lord God, would you continue to be faithful, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord, and are, are so grateful, so thankful for all that you're doing in and through us, Lord God. We love you in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, just a, uh, one thing just to keep in mind as we're moving forward here. Um, this next Tuesday, we always do the third Tuesday of the month. We have our women's group. Um, just so everyone is aware, everyone knows that's not happening this next Tuesday. Uh, be looking forward to that in March. In place, we're having our, our, our power place to our, our basketball teams are playing each other. So we got the pink team and the black team playing each other over here in the pack. Uh, just so you know, the black team has never beat the pink team. Um, so that, that streak is going to continue. The, the pink team is, is going to continue to dominate the black team. Um, just, just, just so you guys know. Uh, but today we're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, I'm excited for uh, we're beginning our relationship series. So we're, we're going to be beginning to talk about relationships. And, and what better to, day to do that than on Valentine's Day? So we've got a panel just to discuss some, some things about relationships. So our panel is going to come on, on forward. As, as they make their way forward, go ahead. Give it up for our panel this morning. Yes. As you can see, it's going to be quite a few uh, people we're going to hear from today, which I'm excited about. I'm pumped about. Um, Landon, when you come, you want to grab that table for me? That would be awesome. Cool. So the first thing, just so you, you may know these guys, you may not know these guys. After today, you're going to get to know them a lot better. So the first thing that we're going to do, uh-oh, we got enough shares. Me, me on the end? Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So the first thing that we're going to do is we are going to throw it back. Okay. So we asked each of these couples to send in a picture 
of when they, their first picture together. So the first picture, we're going to throw it back to just so we can, you know, get to know their face, get to know them as a couple a little bit better is Papa G and Mama G. Here it is. Yes. Look at those good looking guys. Come on. Wow. Oh, wow. Man, look at that hair there, Papa G. Come on. Look at that. Awesome. Come on. All right. The, the, next, the next one we're going to look at, we're going to throw it back, is Allie and Landon. Let, let's see what those, those that, that good-looking mug. Wow. Man. The hair's gotten a little bit longer, Landon. Just a little bit longer. You're looking good. And then our, our next couple, we have La and we have Paul. Let's see it. Oh, man. Man. Yes. Look at that. Come on. And then we have Bill and Brittany. Let's see it. Man. Brittany. Look at that. Come on. And then we have Brittany and Isaiah. Let's look at it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look at these guys. Come on. Man, you guys have longer hair then. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, so, and just kind of having some fun, we're going to continue with just a, a fun question, uh, just to continue to get to know these couples before we dive into some, some deeper questions. So our first question that I just want to hear, for, we, we can kind of popcorn for whoever has an answer, is what was the first thing that came to mind when you met your spouse. First impression. First thing that came to mind. Hey, I, I, I'm just the one asking the questions. I'm not answering today. Papa G, first thing that you came to mind when you when you uh, met your wife. I think it was. Hmm. <laughs> I like to know her a little more. And then we talked. It was at my uh, 21st birthday party, and um, wow, got to meet her and talk to her, and we danced. We both like dancing, and then. I said, wow, she's beautiful hmm. uh, and bubbly. And those were wow. the first two major words that, that came to mind at the end of the night. I said, I hope she uh, takes my phone call afterwards. <laughs> there it is. Awesome. Anybody else? For, first impression. First thing that came to mind when you met your spouse. Uh-oh. I said, wow, she's hot. She looks like she's from California. That's my, <laughs> that my first thought. Boom, right out of the head. <laughs> That's awesome. I said, she looks like she's a very smart person. <laughs> That's not true. I was so hot. Want to touch the hiney. Oh. <laughs> but I, it's true. It's true. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I, I said, va va vum. No, I, I don't know what I said. I, I, uh, I had sworn off dating like, three months prior to meeting her, and I was like, God, I'm not going to date anyone. And then I saw her, and I was like, thank you, Lord, never mind, I'm good. <laughs> well, I probably said, because I'm from the South, who is this Yankee in a tank top and sweatpants in the dead of winter? Now, in my defense, it was, we met in Atlanta, so in January, so it was probably 20 or 30 here, and it was like 55 or 58 down there, and that was warm to me, so I'm in shorts, T-shirt, and she's looking at me like that. Yeah, sure. First of all, but yeah, you can go. 
first of all, I just want you to understand, like, this is my whole family. Like, this is my wife's side's family and then my sister and her husband. And we just, I honestly thought it would be a blast to get everybody up here for you to see on the inside of what goes on in an Italian party with Paul Smack involved. So anyways, I just, you know, I love, I love what I get to hang out with. And I wanted you to have a window in to see what, what, uh, what God's doing. And there's a lot of wisdom that's going to come from this stage today that you're going to be able to apply to your life. And so take it. Anyways, my first impression was with, uh, with Brittany, we were, we had just planted. It was our first Sunday and I was super obsessed with Jeeps at the time. So I had a Jeep Wrangler and she comes in the back door and asked one of our staff members, Nick Palomo, who owns the Jeep outside. And he was like, ah, Zay. And got and so right there, I knew, I was like, oh, I have to marry this girl. She's, she's obsessed with Jeeps too. And it was like, right there, it was done. Hook, line, and sinker. sinker. Awesome. There it is. I've got one more fun question, and then we'll dive kind of into the deeper questions. Um, and we can popcorn again. Share with us the most embarrassing moment you had in front of your spouse during your dating relationship. Most embarrassing moment when you're dating, when you're getting to know each other, uh, what was that? Okay, real quick. Uh, I don't really get embarrassed that easy, and so it's really hard to embarrass me. Um, but there, I, got, I was a really fun driver as a kid, and so I got my license taken away by Paul Smack. No, but by, by police officer. You know, it took my license. Um, just too many speeding tickets. It's fine. Um, anyways, so it's not fine, kids. I don't drive like that anymore. I'm very safe. <laughs> False. Anyways, it was super embarrassing because she had to take me everywhere. Everywhere we went, Brittany had to drive, and I hate that. I don't, nothing worse in a car than the passenger seat, just saying. I think I don't get embarrassed a ton in front of him either, but when we were dating, we were at Wawa in Avondale, at the Wawa in Avondale, and I was gassing up my car, and he was at the next one over, and I forgot to take the gas nozzle and hose out of my car and I was like see you later say and I hopped in my car and sped off and it was like I heard boom and I'm dragging the hose behind me in my car I was so embarrassed I threw the car in reverse backed it up I put the hose back in the thing and just didn't know what to do they're laughing Allie was there they're cracking up at me and we shut down pump number eight at the Wawa <laughs> Avondale for about two weeks. And every time I drove by, I was like, sorry about that, everybody. No, you don't really want to go. No. Oh, boy. I was mortified of mine. Uh, we were still dating, and little did anyone know. So we were at dinner with her entire side of the family. So it's this big southern family. We're all in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, celebrating Christmas. And... We were at dinner, and the week after, I was getting ready to ask her dad uh, for her hand of marriage. So we're all at dinner, and she's sitting next to me, and somebody said a joke, and I, had, I was laughing, and I went to put my arm around her. Well, she leaned in at the same time, so my elbow connects directly to her eye socket, and she goes down, and I look at her, and I look around, and all of her uncles are looking at me like, is this what marriage is going to be like? Like, what's going on here? She's down on the ground like, oh. And black eye and all, and I'm sitting there like, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I, I, I promised that I did not mean to. She leaned in. It was one of these things. I was mortified. Anyway. Um, I, we talked about this. I don't really think that we get, we get embarrassed around each other too often. There was one time when you got your brand new truck, and the coffee went through me very quickly after the date. 
and you were bringing me home, and I was very nervous because I was like, I, I need to get to the bathroom very quickly. And he said, please, whatever you do, just not my seats. So that was a fun ride. Hovered on the way home. She was actually sitting on the floor on the mat in front. And I, I, don't, I honestly don't think I have one. It, it, it takes a lot to get me embarrassed, but... Uh, I'm kind of like you, I don't get embarrassed much, but we had just, it was literally our first day of dating and we were on our way home from family Thanksgiving because our very first date together was with my entire family. And um, on the way home, I was eating powdered donuts. If you know me, I love junk food. And I shoved a whole donut in my mouth and Landon proceeded to ask me a question and I answered him and I spit a ton of powder in his eyes. (laughs) And he was like, oh, and he couldn't open his eyes for a while and then we laughed, but it was super embarrassing. True story. (laughs) Bill had a 1972 Oldsmobile Cutlass, and it was pristine condition. When I tell you, I I actually think he waxed under the hood. It was so perfect. So he would pick me up, and um, we we weren't dating long. But um, I told him about this spring in media. It's a... a, um, uh, an underground, a natural spring. So we got these big tumbler uh, glasses and we went to the spring and I was there a million times. He was never there. So we filled our cup up. We got up and I would sitting, I was sitting right next to him in the middle and um, his car was so clean. Anyway, I took a sip and I didn't want any more. And I went like this out the window, except the window was up <laughs> and it, it went Oh, and he was trying to be nice, but I could see he's getting an eye tick on. Are, 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 are you okay? It was between, are you okay? And are you kidding me? You know, so that was, that was pretty embarrassing. That is awesome. I spent hours on those windows, so there was no spots on them whatsoever, but it was all good. Uh, we were, it was early on when we were dating and we were out for a dinner date, a dinner date. And um, I like spicy food. I love spicy food. I eat raw jalapenos, but we have our appetizers. We're getting ready for appetizers. We had the bread and the butters, different butters at this really nice restaurant. So I put some stuff on one of the crackers and taste it. And I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I, and I also like to prank. But I wasn't really pranking when I, we first met. I was holding off on the pranking. But I decided, hey, this might be a cool time to pull a little prank. So I said, hey, Deb, try one of these little crackers with this little spread. It's, she goes, oh, is it butter? I'm like, mm so she took it, and she put it in, and immediately there was smoke pouring out of her mouth. She started gagging because it was horseradish, and, and, and it really wasn't a good prank. <laughs> she was really in bad shape. I didn't know what to do. Not only was I embarrassed, I was called off guard. I was, wanted to jump up and, and give her CPR, but then I thought, well, she might think I'm trying to make out with her. So I'm like, well, no, I, I don't know what to do. So I just... I humbly apologized for the rest of the night and prayed that she would take my, my phone call for the next date, which uh, she did, so I love her. That's awesome. So fun. I, I love hearing uh, into the, the closeness of you guys' relationship and just how, how it began. So we're, we're going to start with our, our first question uh, exactly there, how, how it began. Um, so the first question is this. In the dating and engaged stages of your relationship in the beginning, what boundaries did you intentionally put in place was it to protect the physical aspects of your relationship? So what, what, what things were, were you intentional about? Just to kind of share with us, man, maybe those that are, are dating in the crowd or maybe those that are in that engaged stage, share with us those boundaries. 
Well, mine was kind of easy because I was 23 when I met Allie and uh, didn't realize this for about three weeks, but she was 17 at the time. Yeah. So it was easy because she lived at home with her parents and pretty much everything that we did was either with her brother and sister-in-law or her parents. So those were some great safeguards there. Uh, but no, we, we intentionally chose to not, uh, you know, stay together past midnight and we wouldn't go in a, any place alone together. Uh, made sure to set up those rules for us because, or those boundaries for us, uh, because we know how easy it is to just fall into temptation and, and sin. And so uh, we decided to commit to that and made that decision together as our safeguard. Yeah. We, uh, I was actually start with Zay and Brittany, the, the different roles, because he dated before I did. So we had that midnight curfew, but there'd be times where we would want to hang out, but everyone else was busy. So we'd call Zay and Britt and be like, can we borrow London for the night? And they'd be like, <laughs> sure. And we'd babysit London just so we could have a date night together. But I think that was super important was having um, that boundary of my mom and dad always said nothing good happens after midnight, which is probably true. And then always having somebody there in place. So you didn't even like get near that boundary. I think we're, we're pretty close to the same thing. And and, in Landon's defense, Allie may or may not have told him she was 18 initially. (laughs) No, I didn't. No, the MySpace said 23. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so when, when we had first started dating, um, Zay and Britt were running a, uh, was that when you were running the class, um, for, for new couples and all? Uh, so we learned a lot of our stuff, a lot of our boundaries, and we took it from, from their playbook. Uh, and one of them, I think, uh, Zane used the analogy like a baseball field. That there's a reason it's, um, if you have like an, an all, all dirt infield transitions to a grass outfield, then your warning track, then your, obviously your fence and, and the stands. So those were, different levels to let you know, hey, listen, you're getting progressively further. So set your boundaries way in so that when you do get to that warning track in your head, you're already way past where you should be, even though you haven't stepped into sin. Um, I remember a time when we had just got engaged and bought our first house, our little trailer. And we um, were pretty good with our boundaries in our relationship physically But there was one night we had stayed there late to paint because it was just taking forever and we had gotten a puppy and Paul was already living there. I obviously wasn't. And I remember Brittany and Isaiah drove by and they, you need people like this in your circle too. You need to have good people that are going to call you out on things that you might not see. They had driven by and she called me and she's like, hey, I know you guys like obviously nothing's going on, but you know, the Bible does say avoid even the appearance of evil and God calls you to be, uh, to abstain from any uh, intimacy until marriage. And so it was just a good reminder. It was very easy. Um, and you also need to, I would just encourage your heart to be open to when people have things like that to say to you, because my heart was like, you know what? You're right. That's, we, we don't want that. We want to fix that. You know, we were at youth group acting as leaders and at church and just for ourselves. So it was good. It was a good reminder to be like, okay, we're not painting unless somebody's here and I got to get home. Obviously I was in bed at eight. So I was like, I got to get home at seven 30. But anyway, so that's just a good reminder to uh, make sure that you have um, accountability too. Um, I think that that's important, who, who is in your life. So for those of you who don't know, Brittany is from the South. She's from Alabama. 
and I'm obviously from here. Uh, when we met, we were both around the sophomore age in college. Um, so I always joke that when people have asked us before, you know, well, how do you guys set boundaries? I always say, well, the Lord put Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee as our boundary. So the, he, he pretty much did it for us. Um, that's what I always say, but she's going to answer this. I would just say for us, that was something that was always extremely important and we were very adamant about is staying pure until we were married. So for us, we just put boundaries in place, like not staying together late at night. And a lot of our trips consisted of being with family anyway, so it was easy, but um, obviously not staying the night together, not just things that we put in place that wouldn't cause that temptation. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. I feel like they covered it really well. We had curfew. We weren't really alone. And it wasn't so much about what anyone else thought. Like, when you tell that story, I sound like such a tattletale. Like, don't be alone in the house. But really, it's, it's not because I cared what other people thought. I cared what God thought. I, I, at the end of the day, you know, we're doing this whole thing. And he's watching. And so you want to um, always have your safeguards up and um, healthy boundaries and we went even went as far as I was sick one night and he brought me home from the fair and I ran inside and was puking in the bathroom and he's standing outside my front door yelling and are you okay because he wouldn't even come in the house because nobody was home so we really put strict boundaries on ourselves but it was it was worth it it is and I think you know especially nowadays with like the younger generation it's like the cool thing to do it is so much cooler to God to be absent from all of those things. And so don't go into it thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. It's hard because nobody does it anymore. So you're going to be different. And that's okay. If you're not okay with being different, you probably shouldn't even be a Christian because being different is just who we are. We're different. We're, we're a different breed. When you walk into a store, that's why you wear a smile and nobody else can because you're different. You have his joy inside. And when we're dating, we're different. We, we date different. So I love you enough to respect you like the bride that you are. Let me go ahead and respect you enough to say no. So I don't have to be cool. I don't have to walk with swag. I just need to treat her like Jesus treats the church. That's it. And so I'm going to respect enough to put boundaries in that are stupid sounding to everybody else. But to me, it safeguarded us to where on our wedding night, it was the best night. Yep, And just a huge compliment to all you guys for the discipline and the standards you guys set. And I'd just like to add from Debbie and I, um, we both came from strict parents, strict upbringing, which later on in life, you, you changed that strict to wisdom because it was probably some of the best things. That, that level of strictness was some of the best things um, taught to us and instilled in us. And um, we were not saved until well into the marriage. But one of the things was curfew. And again, curfew was from the devil. Like, come on, curfew's horrible, but curfew is a blessing. Curfew is, is something that really is important. You, you don't need, you know, you want, keep the lights on. Don't turn the lights out. You know, these are things that are going to safeguard one from going where they shouldn't go. Uh, watch who you socialize with. Be careful who you keep company with. If you find out that your friends are different and want to go the way you don't want to go, then you need to cut the ties. Okay. So thank you. That's good. Um, second question is, is this, uh, how would you describe your spiritual life as a couple 
And, and why is that important to you? So, man, in, into marriage, why is that spiritual relationship so important together as a, a husband and wife? Um, for us, it's, man, as much as you come together and have a spiritual life together, the more important thing is to have your separate time with the Lord. Like Isaiah needs to be doing his thing with God. I need to be doing my thing with God. I cannot ride off the coattails of Isaiah. It will never work and he can't do it for me. So it's, it's the triangle effect that Pastor Greg talks about all the time. It's my favorite analogy in the world. God's at the top. You two are at each point. And the closer you grow to God, the closer you grow to each other. And that is honestly in our marriage how it works. He has his relationship. I have mine now. Well, we, we do come together. We pray together. We have three kids. So we'll come together and we'll have worship time together um, and stuff like that. We have worship music playing in our house. 95% of the music we listen to is worship music. It just is what it is. Is other music bad? No. No, dude. It's a man's world is the best song ever. No. It's a man's world. Other music is not bad. However, and we listen to other music, but most of what we listen to is worship. And that really sets the tone for our home. It just sets the tone. I think our spiritual relationship um, affects in a positive way all of the other aspects of our relationship. So if you're... If you're at that triangle with God and you're in tune with God, then your finances, you know, you're going to be in tune together. Um, anything that comes against you, you guys are going to be in tune together to be able to fight it and battle it, whatever that may be. Your communication is going to be there. And I know we are, out of every couple that have been married the, the least amount of years, but I, I think we all could agree that once you're in tune spiritually with the Lord, everything else just kind of falls into place. Uh, I think for, for us going into it is is being on the same page with one, one another and in line with the word. So, and that goes for, for every aspect, signs, miracles, wonders, speaking in tongues, because I guarantee you if you aren't on the same page with that going into it, it's going to be problems later. Um, and then also uh, financially, understanding that everything that comes in is his. He only asks for 10%. And then with that tithe and that 10%, he also asks for us to show awesome stewardship uh, with the offerings on top of that. And you guys all know this. If you've been married in a relationship, money can cause the most enormous fights and rifts. And we don't have that problem in our house because we recognize where it comes from. And even if it may be something where she says, hey, listen, I feel we're supposed to give this amount. And I go, you mean minus one zero on that, right? Uh, it's, it's still something that even if it does come first, like, oh, we can't do that. Just recognizing where the where the fruit comes from and all we're doing is resowing. Super, super important. Um, I think a lot of what everyone else has said, you know, in the past we've done devotions and stuff like that together. And um, we always, like Zay and Brittany, uh, have worship music going. And um, it just sets a different tone in your house and prayer. Um, I know we've talked to a lot of couples who maybe one is not on the same page as the other. And if that's your case today, prayer really does work. Um, if you need to pray for your spouse, maybe it's not something where you need to be pushing it down their throat, but it is something that you can pray over. Um, and you, you're going to see it come. 
it will come because God's always working when we pray and when we're in tune with him. Um, but it's also not something to be ashamed of, you know, because you are going to get there together. It's just the amount of time you're willing to put into it. And um, I know a lot of times when we were first married, we would do devotions together and then we would talk about what we got out of our devos. And Landon would always talk first and then I would be super embarrassed because he's very, like if you know Landon, he he would get a lot out of the word and then I'd come out and I'd have like one or two things because um, I, I was feeling like I wasn't getting enough. But I feel like I'm supposed to encourage somebody today. If you feel like intimidated by your spouse's relationship with God, dig deeper in your private times. I know for me, it took a lot of time for me to dig deeper to where I was feeling like I was then on a similar level to him. Obviously, we're not gonna have the same relationship with God. That's just the way it is. We each have unique ones. But if you're feeling intimidated by your spouse, be in your private time even more because God has so much more for you and he wants to give you exactly what you need. It's not what your spouse needs, but it's what you need. So dive into that. Yeah, you're, you're never gonna get, like you may never get the same thing out of the same scripture that you read. And that's okay because the Holy Spirit speaks to you in different ways. Uh, he, he's gonna speak to me differently than he's gonna speak to you in the same scripture. And that's him uh, pulling on your heart, trying to speak to you for a specific reason. And I think another thing is like, have conversations with your spouse about what God is doing in your life. Like share with them, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm excited about. Here's what, uh, here's what I'm praying for, what I'm believing for. And that way you're growing together with your spouse, spouse relationally by including them in on your relationship with God. And uh, you'll begin to see like, like Brittany was saying, you'll begin to see that, that point come closer and closer as you're growing toward God, you're growing together. Um, so communication, and I'll probably say that a lot today because that's one of the first things that we learn, but communication with your spouse, um, especially in your spiritual life, is, is gonna be super important because then they can pray for you and you yeah. can pray for them for what they're going through and, and dealing with. Amen. Like I said, we were not saved until well into our marriage and it was hard. It was real Heart. Unsaved marriages are, it's tough. You need the Lord. And now it's our foundation. And the past 43 years, no, we're married 43 years. So I guess we, 33. It's been the foundation. When you make Jesus the foundation, Bible reading, coming together, it's easy. Like he's the, you know, like God says, my yoke is easy. You know, my, my burden's light, but marriage without God, it's hard. Well said, hon. Well said, panel. Awesome. <laughs> these guys are killing it. Just give it up for these guys. They're killing it. Come on. Yeah. Give us some encouragement. So Ephesians 5, 25 through 26 says this, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing, by the washing with water through the word. Uh, so this is for our husbands in the panel. Husbands, how do you make that practical? How do you love your wife as Christ loved the church? You need to keep your spouse safe and secure at all times. Um, you need to watch over her as Christ watched over the church 24 by 7. There's, there's no idle time. There's no separation time. You need, you need to be the rock. 
need to be the rock. You need to be that fortress, that strong tower that she can lean on, that she can come to, that she can count on. And you need to make, to make, you need to make sure, ensure that she is, again, safe and secure at all times. Um, was very protective of Debbie, always concerned of where she traveled when we were together. And when she would go out on her own to an event or something, if it was a place where it was unfamiliar to us and I, and I didn't know it, I would check it out. I would either do a dry run by myself. Sometimes I would take her. I just wanted to make sure that when she's not within my area, that, that she's safe and well. That was very important. And I think Christ does that for us. He's always watching out for us, always watching out for the church. We're here, and then we leave here, and we go out into the world. He doesn't stay here and wait for us to come back the next Sunday. So um, that would be my, that, that's what I interpret that. And, and um, yep. He is very protective, and some people say I'm very spoiled because I don't remember the last time I ever put gas in my car because ever since I married this man, he keeps my car filled, and it's what it is. <laughs> this is something I'm, I'm continuing to learn every single day, every single week uh, in our marriage and I would say if, if you're not learning, if you're not continuing to try to, to pursue that, you're on dangerous ground um, because we've never arrived. We'll never arrive. Um, so it's, it's continuing to pursue your spouse like Christ is pursuing the church, like he loves the church. So, so for me, like, I constantly have to remind myself, okay, my job is to, to, to pursue her greatest good, like how can I make myself less to put her first? <clears throat> and I'll never pretend to be perfect at that because I'm not. And I'm sure Allie can tell you many times over that I'm not. But it's, it's continuing to pursue that. Like every day deciding, okay, I'm gonna make a decision here to put Allie first before myself. We're, we're human, so we have a selfish, selfish nature. We're born with that. So every day you've got to decide, all right, I'm gonna put myself second or last if you have a family, and I'm gonna put my spouse first, I'm gonna put my, my kids right under that, and then myself last, I'm gonna serve myself last. So it's serving your spouse, putting them first, seeking for their greatest good, and that's, that's kind of what I pursue every day. It's what I strive for. So I think in life when we get so busy with kids and shift work, it's, it's easy for me, yes, to recognize the, the basics that obviously that you're beautiful and that you keep a great house and um, that you do amazing with our kids. But then going back to the word, like Proverbs 31 talks about a wife of noble character who's worth far more than rubies and gems. She's, she's loyal. She brings good. She keeps a house. She's filled with wisdom. She does all these things. And it's just, it's good for, for, for us as men to go back to see what the word calls her. Because yes, we see it. But we don't see it to the extent that the father sees it. And it's just, he's just, just looking at the way he sees it is mind-blowing. Saying, well, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm only doing this much. He's astronomically bigger in how he views her. So just to try and strive and, and get to really get to that, that sacrificial place where there's no records of wrong. And uh, it's, it almost seems unattainable at times. Uh, but it's something for us to continue to seek and strive for all the time. I think Landon, um, with the word being unselfish was a really, that was key. That's what I always think of is, is being so selfless. Um, 
there's a story. We have some friends who are uh, few, that are married, and the the husband deals with alcoholism and drinking, and the wife is, has asked us, you know, what what do I do? Like he won't stop. I, I don't understand what's going on. These are friends from the south, and. When I talk to the husband, it is, well, it doesn't, you know, what's it matter? It doesn't matter to her. That's my, it's my problem. It's my thing. You know, it's not on her. And, but what he doesn't understand is it is because you are now one. You're not just, you're not separate anymore. So just because you're, he's doing something that he thinks, well, this is my problem. Just I'm doing it. I'm not doing anything to her. I'm not hurting her or anything. No, but you are. It's a completely selfish thing and, and things of that nature, anything, you know, take alcohol out and put anything in its place. If you're not on the same page and you're not trying to constantly lift your spouse up, you're, you, it's a deteriorating marriage and it's just going to fail. Good. good job, panel. Next. Does that work? Does that actually work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Honestly, I'll say this. I, I, I don't have to say anything today. This is great. Um, but I will say this, there's, there's been studies done about how many words a man says in a day and how many words a woman says in a day. And it's like, the woman is like three times as many as the man, right? And they say, when you're out of words, you're just out of words. So a lot of guys will use this as a good excuse because they use all their words up at work. So by the time they get home, the only thing they're good for is a butt on a couch and a bag of potato chips and a TV, right? Because I've already used all my words, babe. I got nothing else for you. You know that. Um, But I will say this, like communication is key, right? Respect and honor doesn't just go by, oh, I respect you, I honor you. Communication is huge. Hey, babe, how was your day? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about, you know, what's going on. Are you still alive from taking care of all three kids? You know, no, she's not. So she needs you, right? She needs you to step in. And those, those little things that go way beyond what you could ever imagine or think, are those times and those moments where you're just there to listen, but then to respond. And so I think if, as men, if we would rise up to actually respect our women, to say, you know what, we're gonna serve you when we get home. I know I brought home the bacon. You know I do. Now I'm gonna be a listening ear and I'm gonna be a speaking voice because what God's doing in you, he wants to also do through you. Not just for you, but through you. And you have to be the leader of the home. You have to be the head of the home. And so how do you do that? By communicating. We're going to go ahead and release what God has put inside of us. If I'm not releasing it, I'm just boiling it. Well, I don't want to keep it on tap. I want to let it out. I want you to come. And when you leave, feel like you got full from my good fruit. So now I got to open my mouth. Don't use that excuse, guys. You got words. Use them. Yeah, that's good. Um, Next part of that, of that verse in Ephesians 5, 22 through 23 says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as the Christ is the head of the church, his body of, of which he is the savior. So wives, same thing. How, how do you make that practically to submit yourself to your husband uh, as to the Lord? I think to keep it simple, um, it's honor, I think. It is very, very important for a wife to honor her husband, um, even if sometimes he doesn't deserve it. Greg and Christy, Pastor Greg and Christy talk about holding the crown above someone's head and speak life over them until they come up into that crown. Show them what they can be. And so if you're in a relationship, you're like, well, he doesn't deserve my honor. Put that crown over his head and speak life into him until he comes up and fits that crown. So honor is huge. Res- but I'm in the crown, right? Yeah, you're in that crown, baby. You got a crown. Um, respect, 
respect is huge. And then I think, oh, and a lot of women don't like when I say this, but submitting to your husband. This whole culture of women are better and above men. Canceled. Like, uh-uh, I can't. That is not what the word of God says. You have to go by the word of God. And the word of God says women, white wives, submit to your husbands. And it's the same thing. And if you're in a relationship where you're like, well, he's not a Christian. He's not where he's supposed to be. I can't submit. Just trust me. When you follow the word of God, like Ali was saying, things will fall into place. Get on your knees for your husband. Continue to submit him, to submit to him and God will work. That's good, Britt. So like Britt said, honor and respect is very huge. Um, but I think for me, practically what that looks like is trusting and following him as our leader and the head of our household. There will be times, um, you know, where Billy will, we also, we make decisions. I come up beside him and we make decisions together, but there will be times that Billy comes to me and he says, I feel like we need to give this, or I feel like we need to take this step or make this decision or do this for someone. And because he is so in tune with God, I trust and follow him. And, and I re honor that and I respect that. So I'm going to end it. I just wanted to say something really quick to go on top of what, what Britt said. That's, it was awesome. But then on the flip side, don't be, don't be the husband that has a morphed view of what that means. And because submittal, oh, sorry, S uh, submitting is way different from, from being a doormat. So don't allow your husbands to make you a doormat. As I was saying, <laughs> submission means don't be a doormat. No, honestly, when you think sub submission, it doesn't mean that you're in a corner and you're getting beat up on or you're being emotionally abused. You don't have to stand for that. I love this man, but he would never do that to me. And if he did, that would not be called submission. That would be called you have three seconds to back it on up if you touch me. There is nothing wrong with that because I, 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 have to say, I have to say that because I've actually had conversations with women who um, have been in an abusive relationship and they've said, but I'm submitting. That's not submission. Submission is respect and honor. And let us remember as women that God made man in his own image and then he made women to be the helpmate. So it is my job also when I submit, I'm supporting. If he, God's given him a dream or given him a word, I am not to come alongside, even if I feel in my heart. I'm not sure. I need to speak into that. Like Brittany was saying, I need to say, okay, let's, let's do this. I'm going to support you. Anything that he has said and come to me, and, I, and I'm not, I don't say this to be braggy, but every time it's never been like a no. No, he's the head. Okay, let's go. And then I'll pray. And Lord, if it's not, let it fizzle out. So that's how that you come alongside and you help and you submit by being their helpmate and by loving them and showing them that respect. I think we can put a period on that one. No, they pretty much all said what I feel like the Lord had laid in my spirit was number one, we're not a doormat. I really felt that strong this week. Um, but also the fact of if your husband does love the Lord and he is digging deep, it should be easy to submit because you know he's in tune with the Father. And that's what you want anyways in your household is to, to align yourself with what God wants. And so if you do have a godly man in your home, you know, it's easy to say, yes, I'm gonna go along with that. Growing up, my mom and dad, they always made decisions together, but what, um, what the final say was what my dad had to say because he was following exactly 
exactly what the Lord had to say. Doesn't mean that me and Landon don't talk about things and that I don't have an opinion. I don't just sit there and be like, okay, you just guide the entire way of our life. No, I still have a say and an opinion, but overall, I know that he's following the Holy Spirit. So at the end of the day, if he feels something that maybe I necessarily don't feel, I say, okay, Lord, then show me that too, because I want to be in direct line with what you have for us. Submit does have sort of an archaic flair, but it, that's not how God meant it, like these girls were saying. It was easy for me to submit. My dad was a uh, Marine in World War II, and he was very much authoritarian. Um, but it was even easier after I got married because I was one of these fly-by-nighters. I was like, yeah, let's do this, where Bill brought a lot of logic and also the way he treated me and then subsequently our children, it was easy for me to admit to him, to submit. I do admit everything, but submit. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Go ahead and uh, make sure you guys are, are still there. Uh, go ahead and tap your neighbor. Hey, this is good stuff. Like, you got to be paying attention here. Like, this, this is good. Make sure they're still awake. Like, make sure your spouse isn't snoring yet. Like, they need to be getting this information in. Like, come on, this is, this is some good information here. Um, next question for you guys is we're, we're going to kind of flip uh, the conversation of what we're talking about and, and going to, and talking about conflict and resolving conflict, decisions, all that type of thing. So describe uh, how you as a couple arrive at decisions and resolve conflicts. Ooh. Okay. We've had many conflicts in our years, let me tell you. And, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, once God was in our lives, it, it makes a big, it's a game changer. So you have to have God at the focal point of your relationship. You have to be a good listener. You, you have to drop a lot of the human traits. You can't have pride. You can't be a know-it-all. You can't be stubborn. You need to be a good listener. You need to be patient. You need to be, uh, and you need to discuss it. Uh, it. It falls into the communications. You, you really need to sit down. Sometimes you need to agree to disagree or disagree to agree. And uh, other times you're, you're going to be on the same page. But keep pressing, keep pressing in. Don't give up until you come to a mutual agreement. I'm going to go deep here and admit something. I hate admitting this in front of my kids, but it was many, many years ago. I was raised in a family which, with you bought something, and after it got old, you got rid of it and bought new. And then a friendship. If, you didn't, if somebody did one thing, you got rid of it. And I remember in the beginning, before God, I would say, I'm out. I'm done. That, and he brought this logic. He'd sit me down and say, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. That's not life. That's not real life. And he made me think and say, you know, let's work through this. I never had to work through anything until I got married. And he would, again, sit me down and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, divorce is never the answer. We're going to work through this. We're going to put God first. And so I stopped doing that. <laughs> again, I'll, I'll reiterate the communication. It's, and communication is not just you telling them everything that you want to say and not hearing. It's a two-way street. You communicate. You talk back and forth to one another. You share your opinion. You let them share theirs. You listen. Um, and then also sometimes you may not uh, handle conflict the same way. Like myself, I want to talk it out right then and there. Allie, not so much. She wants to take some space and wait it out. 
And that's okay, but you have to, you have to be willing to uh, allow that space and understand, again, that you are putting her first. Um, and I can tell you, I'm continuing to learn this. Uh, but you're, you're putting her first and not wanting to just say, all right, we're going to get this worked out right now. That may not be her speed. So you have to be willing to, to give and take and listen when they're trying to share their side of it as well. So communication, that's, that's what I'll always go back to. Yeah, I think we always talk about communication. For those who don't know, when we were dating, we actually broke up due to communication problems. And She broke up with me. <laughs> it's true, I did. Um, but underlying through, like, when we came back together and we really talked it through, it was because we weren't communicating. And it wasn't even big things that we weren't communicating. It was the small things that added up and added up and added up and got us to a breaking point where it was like, boy, we really haven't shared anything that was either bothering him or bothering me. And then it exploded. So definitely communicate every single thing. You may think it's maybe a silly thing, but it's not. If it's something that's bothering you, if it's something that um, that maybe like you need to share it, that's okay. You're supposed to with your significant other. It's important to do that and, um, and pray over it as well. And when the, there's those times where maybe you don't agree on things, pray about it. Uh, we sometimes take it back to like the high school flow chart or we'll get like, what are the pros? What are the cons? And, and just, and just put it all out there. Is it, is it wise to do this right now? Is it, is, are we financially good to do it right now? And we literally just lay it out and, and she's, she's very good at making like, all right, this is what I want to do. And that, whereas I'm super analytical and I'll, I'll literally sit back I'll pull a, a land and do four hours of Google research just to figure out, well, this model has an extra thing here, and should we do this? So where she's quick, I need time, and she's recognized that, and she's good about planting seeds like, oh, yeah, maybe we should do something like that. And me going in my head, nope. And then her mentioning it again, and then me start to think and research it, and then eventually she gets it. Well played. I know for me personally, um, what Allie and Landon were talking about just hit that right on the head because I am like, how are you feeling right now in this moment? Go there. Just go. Just go. How are you feeling? And it took me several years to accept that he's a processor because at first it really frustrated me because I'm like, just say it. And then he would say it. And then I would wind up getting hurt because I was like, well, that's blunt. <laughs> is that how you really feel? And I'm also a over communicator, whereas Paul is not. So I will like chase him down on his way to work in my bathrobe and be like, we're talking about this when you get home. We have to talk about it. Text me at work. And he's like, oh my goodness. And I, it'll all day, I'll be frazzled and he can just really take that time. So I have really made it a discipline to pray. I love that you said that, Allie. I've gone up in my bedroom when we have had um, an issue and I'm just like, did you hear that? You remember, you, you hear him? Lord, did you hear what he said? You were like, I don't know what you said. Did you hear? And the more that I went to God and let him talk to my heart, it's easier for God to correct me than it is for my husband. So when I hear it from the Lord first, and also one more thing, we have a really um, easy time apologizing. That's huge. You have to be able to apologize. <laughs> I don't have to apologize as much, but we're really good at it. Um, I would say I had a trait passed on to me from my father, which I think is great, is I tend to be very methodical and very cerebral when it comes to thinking and my thought. 
Uh, homeschool? College educated. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, my wife was homeschooled. Sorry. I, and listen, anytime I get a chance to pick on Zay, I do it because I've, heard, I've been hearing it for 17 years. Um, but anyway, I tend to be very, I, I think, through um, all my thought processes. And she is a very uh, fly by the seat of her pants, quick, you know, let's do this, let's do that. And I think knowing each other's, you have to know each other so deep where you know each other's intricacies so well that by the time you're married, it's like, okay, you're not blindsiding them with the way that you're acting or the way you're, you're choosing or you're deciding. So knowing each other in and out is so important. It was important for us. Um, but yeah, just thinking through things together. At the end of the day, whether you are someone like me who likes to think through something or you're someone like my wife who likes to quick, as long as at the end of the day you're coming together and making that decision together, by praying and through the Lord, that's the most important thing. So kind of like he said, I want to fix things now. I want them done. So if we come together and we have a disagreement or we need to talk about things, sometimes he'll come to me and he will say, you just got to give me a few minutes. So I'll walk away. And a minute later, I'm like, are you ready to talk yet? And he's like, it hasn't even been a few minutes. So then I'll walk away. I'll come back. Are you ready to talk yet? And I've really had to learn to take that and go sit on it and pray and then come back and then we're really ready to talk. But a big thing for us too is we don't sit on things for a very long time. We don't fester on things for hours and hours and hours. We really try to let things go and work on it. But also to kind of piggyback off of some of you guys is communication is key. We probably over communicate like a lot. Um, I would say we did have, yeah, I would say we had to being long distance for Two years, we really, really had to learn to communicate well, but we over-communicate to the point where it's like we probably don't even, have, I mean, when you say we just like over-communicate, we tell each other everything, and, and so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, baby. Do we fight? No. Never. We're perfect. Say a Hollis? Ever get grumpy? Oh, my word. I'm perfect. Okay, so number one. The worst thing you can do as a person is look into someone's life and say, they're perfect because they ain't. Um, Literally, like there is no relation. And it's funny to me, like you look down and there is a, I can fly by the seat of my pants and a serious one in every relationship. Like literally, like one that actually takes time to research and think through things, Brittany, and then one that can make a decision on the fly and let's go. How much are we spending? Sure, why not? Uh, same. I mean, every relationship has one that, that is like the grounded one. The Holy Spirit is what I call her. She's my, she's my, uh, she's my on earth Holy Spirit. So, but it's so easy as a couple or as a person to look through. And that's why social media is so dangerous because you look through just a window, you know, post the best, hide the rest. And so you look through a little window and you're like, man, I want that. That's just a picture. That's just a video. That was my highlight reel. You got to see what was the best and you didn't really know all the work that was going on underground. And it's that foundational stuff that actually matters. Talk to Matt Dowden. If you build a bad foundation, your house is going to crumble. And so you've got to work on the base stuff. And this is like the hard decisions, the easy decisions, the big ones and the small ones, you know? And uh, I know the last question is probably where we'll go with this, but real quick, Like when you're engaged, start talking through things that you're going to do when you're married. 
uh, when you're dating. Start to hint to some things when you're engaged. You know, like start to talk through those things so that you know where everybody's at. Because the worst thing you can do is marry someone you are not equally yoked with. Because you get to married and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you were going the same way I, the same way I was. No, you never told me that. Well, I, I didn't think I had to. I thought, I thought I saw it. And then, you know, you're in this relationship where it's like, you are not seeing the same things at all. And now you're like, you know, I'm, man, I'm really hungry to uh, be filled with baptism of the Holy Spirit. Whoa, that's weird. I, we don't do that in this house. Yeah, but that's what I want. And this whole thing where you start growing further apart because of what you want in your relationship. Man, communicate, communicate, communicate over and over again. And how do we resolve conflict? Brittany punches me in the face, and then I just, we just wrestle. No, we talk. You have to. You have to communicate. And I'm the guy. I'm like, let's talk about it right now. She's like, oh. And we, you know, we, we, it's in those moments that you're really tested. And I love what Lauren said, because I would rather God correct me than her. And so take those moments to be like, God, reveal in me what I need and be okay with saying sorry. You got to be okay with saying sorry. I think you handled it great. At the end of the day, if we're in an argument or whatever and we break a smile, that's a sign to me how the Holy Spirit can convict you right there. If, you, if we break a smile, it's like, this is dumb, drop it. So a lot of what you fight about is really insignificant and let it go. It, just, it doesn't hurt to just let it go. And the big stuff, I love. Let the Holy Spirit convict you, let God convict you and pray. I love where Allie went, pray, pray. Pray separately, pray together, pray. One of the big things we pray for in our house is uh, wisdom and discernment. So if you have wisdom, if you're praying for wisdom and you want godly wisdom, when you're in the middle of even like the craziest, you know, argument or whatever, he'll give you wisdom on how to even deal with it. And honestly, like it's in those moments where you're like, she doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. You know, how could, how could they even do that? How could they say that? There's no possible way, God, you actually want me to go back and talk to that person that just treated me like that. There is no way. So I'm going to stay here and do what I'm going to do. And I'm not going back. And then you like talk and God's on the other side. He's like, shut up. Like, did you not read my word? Do you not know what it says? Go back, lower yourself, be silent, listen, humble yourself, and respond. And so, honestly, like, you can get yourself in a heated argument. It's like, oh, I don't know. And then, you know, you go to God, just like Lauren says, I don't understand why. Why did you put me with them? And then God starts to reveal things in you. And it's like, oh, wait, maybe I'm the ugly one. And then you start breaking yourself down. Hey, I just, I have to apologize. That was, that was really wrong. And then God, you can feel the Holy Spirit settle. Right as it becomes right, you can feel the Holy Spirit settle in the home. And man, that's where, that's where you win. Great, great, Isaiah. And I, just something that came to mind I wanted to share um, with conflict. Be careful and seek wisdom if you desire to share your conflict. Um, there's good counsel out there. And there's bad counsel. And, and, and if it goes the wrong way, it can ex- actually exasperate the, the, the situation and the conflict. It's something Debbie and I learned very early on in our, in our marriage. And we made a commitment to ourselves. We'd be very careful. It's so easy to call up the parent, the brother, the family, the neighbor. Just you, you really want to be careful uh, and try. Unless, there, you know, unless it's a situation where there's abuse, severe abuse or something like that, and you need to, to take it outside Try to resolve your, your conflicts from within. That's good. Really good. Last question, and, and we'll, we'll kind of just, we'll run through this pretty quick. We'll, we'll do this one fast. But I think it's an important question. It's a huge question that uh, you're going to gain a lot of wisdom from. But what would be your best piece of dating 
engaged or married advice that you've learned along the way uh, in, in your relationships? I Best say, piece of advice. I would say um, dating, have a lot of fun. Be in a lot of prayer, but have fun. Don't take things so seriously. Communicate, communicate, communicate also with dating. Don't be with someone that you don't see yourself marrying. If you're with someone and you know, I don't see myself marrying that person, don't waste your time. Do not waste your time because you'll waste your time in theirs. And God knows who he has for you. I think engaged, when you're engaged, pray. Pray, because just like Isaiah talked about, you are setting the foundation for your marriage. If you go into your marriage and your foundation is not solid, it, you will, it will crack and it will crumble. So I think while you're engaged, spend a lot of time with the Lord, spend a lot of time praying with each other. Um, and then I think when you're married, um, fight fight for your marriage and understand that whatever the enemy throws your way is probably what he's most intimidated by you. And so fight for that, whatever that is, whatever that is in, in either spouse. When he, when he starts to come against you, whether it's your finances, your health, whatever, whatever that is, stuff in your family, there's something he's intimidated by you, and he's trying to shake you up in that area. And so pinpoint that area, grab hands, and fight for it, and uh, you'll get victory. That's good for it. So a few things I feel like I've learned is, obviously, number one, keep Jesus first. First and foremost, he's your number one. He's his number one. Keep him first always. Um, choose love and love well. There will be times you don't want to choose love and that you don't want to, but choose it anyways. Um, extend grace. Just the same grace that's been extended to you, extend that grace to your spouse. Um, and remain teachable. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. So remain teachable. And... <laughs> I mean, I am, but you know, and just enjoy life together. Have fun. Find the joy in little things and big things and just have fun together. Find a Southern woman, because I'll just tell you one thing. Her, her Nana cooks me the best food. She, oh my word. Find a Southern woman. No, but in all seriousness, um, be so aligned with each other um, from the little things and the little details down to the big the music you listen to, the, mu the movies you guys are letting in your eye gate, um, every, every little thing while you're dating so that by the time things do start to blossom into something more, you guys are already there and you're growing together through God and with God. We would definitely say dating engaged or married. The only, if you're a woman, the only man you need is your man. If you're a man, the only woman you need is your wife. When we started dating, all other girlfriends and boyfriends, no, 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 no. The only woman you will see him out to dinner is his mother or his sisters, other than me. It's not going to happen. You build a wall, like a fortress around your relationship. There doesn't need to be all of those outside things. Sure, you can have friends together, but I see so much of, well, I am having an issue. I'm just going to go hang out with my guy friend. It's like, hmm, I don't know about all that. You really need to be solidified as a couple. That was huge. I... Remember, remember when I went through your BlackBerry when we first started dating and I was like, okay, delete, delete, delete. Who's this? Who's this? He's like, I don't know. Some girl I knew in college. I'm like, did you? Delete, delete. Because I laid it all out there when we were dating on our first date, our first date. And this is how I knew that Paul was for me. I sat down. I was 26. He was 23. I didn't know I was a cougar, did you? Sat down and I said... We literally getting to know each other. And I, I remember looking up at him and I said, so here's the deal. 
I'm not, I don't want to mess around. I'm ready to get married. If you want to just date or you want to just hang out, don't call me again. And I kind of got in the car that night. I'm like, he's probably never going to call me again. And he did because we laid it all out there. So then when we were engaged, it was easy for me to be like, no, 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 no. I'm the woman now you're pursuing. The ring's on my finger. And that really builds that fortress around your relationship. And the other thing I would say is marry your normals. If you don't mesh your normals together, you wind up saying, well, my family did it this way. And then he'll say, well, my family did it this way. But we take all of the wonderful things from Jeff and Diane and all of the wonderful things from Bill and Debbie, and we kind of put them together because that is what who shaped us, and we kind of made our own. And it's been a really uh, beautiful creation. So, Yes, it has. <laughs> I'm going to keep mine very brief. I would say whatever passion God has placed in the heart of your spouse, grow it sacrifice yourself for it to help build and strengthen that up. Oh, I liked that. Boy, I feel like these are all so good. I think the, uh, Lauren just hit them all. Um, definitely communicate, communicate, communicate. We've already expressed that's super important. And have fun, you said. If having fun, it's so important. Laugh, laugh with your spouse. I feel like you get to know somebody so much if you're able to have a sense of humor with one another and enjoy their company. Um, Landon's learning to enjoy me, aren't you, babe? <laughs> No, but, and, and just pray. Uh, like Lauren said, normals. I think that's a big important one is, is start to learn your spouse's normals or your dating partner's normals now. So that way you, you can see kind of a little glimpse of what you're going to step into because they're not going to go away and you are going to have to mesh them together. But overall, you know, enjoy, um, enjoy the person you're with it really pursue them. So that way, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that that is the person for you and you don't waste your time. I would say, don't treat uh, marriage as the finish line. Treat it as the starting line. Because uh, I feel like our culture has, has built this thing up to be like king. And you, you build your day around it. And, and, and that's like the end all be all. And then it's like, okay, smooth sailing from here. No, it's just the beginning of all the hard work that you got to put into it. The, the rest of it leading up to it, dating and engagement, that's like... The, the, the fun stuff where you still kind of have some walls up. You don't want to really reveal yourself too much because they may get to know every part of you and they may say, no, I don't want that. But when you, when you get to marriage, all the walls come down. All of this stuff comes out. Uh, and, and so that's the starting line in your relationship, not the finish line. Yeah, I, like, I like that. I would say to keep it fresh. Uh, keep it fresh and fight for your marriage. I agree with Brittany because your marriage will be shaken not maybe, it will be shaken. So fight for it. I had a plaque on my wall for years in our old house and it said, my marriage was made in heaven, but so was thunder and lightning. And you know what? It was really true. It's really true. Fight for your marriage and love the man or the woman God gave you. First, I would say respect. Um, something that's easy to... Um, digress and, and fall back on. I know I, I failed that early on in our in our years. Uh, it's easy. You become married to Landon's point. That's where it should start. And that's not where you start assuming that you own and you have a right to this and you have a right to that just because now you're married to this person and you have that family that's with her. Uh, where it became at times where I was actually rude to some of her family members, um, which is lack of respect. Yep. Um, maybe even rude to hers. And, and, you know, in the beginning, you're never like that. Everybody's on their best behavior. But 
maintain that high level of integrity and respect at all times and never assume or never take anything for granted. It's, it's so important and it's something I wish I could go back over the years and undo some of the ways. Not that they were really that bad, but just the fact, just a hurt feeling, maybe if I offended her mom, it, it was just so wrong. And I, I really regret that and feel sorry about that. And then I even did it with her dad one time. And, and, and after, afterwards, I had to run because I thought he was going to punch me and kill me. But um, he's a pretty big dude. But, and then communications. I think we all said communications. It's so important. Um, keep an open and honest lines of communications. We learned this and we worked on this in our years of marriage. Uh, in the very beginning, again, when you're courting and dating and you get, getting to know one another, you're always on your best behavior. You're always so polite. You know, everything is spot on. And then you... you married and then you start going to have spending time together and it seems like you start letting that go realize and something I had to learn we're wired completely different I'm wired in such a way that sometimes it's hard for her to understand it and she is wired in a totally different way that it took me a long time to realize how that wiring is so knowing that there's a difference in how we're wired and how we realize and, and react to certain things whether it's logical or emotional Take that on and understand it and make that common ground. That's it. Thank you. That's good. Awesome. Get up for these guys one more time. Uh, love how, how the Lord used them. Um, real quick, real quick, real quick. Um, if, if worship team wants to come, here's how I felt like, and I didn't uh, give you guys a heads up, so sorry about that, but here, here's how I felt like um, I, I really felt the Lord was wanting us to end today was if you guys just want to come up forward uh, for me real quick, if you guys just want to line the, the front here, I really felt like, man, we, we want to, I just want to take a moment, a second, um, some time here to say, hey, man, we, we just gleaned so much wisdom from these couples. Man, they're, they're couples that want to continue to be there for you, continue want to, to fight with you and for you, for the things that, that you're, you're dealing with in, in your marriage or in your relationships. Or if you're, if you're a student sitting here, you're saying, hey, man, I, I want some of the relationships that these guys have. And, and that's going to take, hey, it's going to take determination. It's going to take um, saying, hey, these are the boundaries that I'm not going to cross uh, in, in looking forward to relationships, all those types of things. Um, so I just want to take a second, if you guys want to stand with us um, real quick here. And I just want to give you an opportunity to say, hey, me and, me and my spouse, we want to come pray with one of these couples. Or, hey, I, I'm a student here, and I want to pray into the relationship that God has for me. So I'm, I'm going to come forward, and I'm going to pray with one of these couples as well. Um, so if that's you this morning and you, you're saying, hey, I, I want prayer for, for our relationship or I want prayer for, for what God has for the future for us or, or for, for me, um, I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning. So if you just want to bow your heads with, with me and, and then you can make your way forward. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for today, God. Lord, thank you for just the wisdom and the direction and the understanding that these couples uh, just gave us, Lord God. Lord, thank you for how you, you've been speaking to hearts and lives even now as, as they're listening to these couples, Lord God. Lord, thank you for just even the prompting of the Holy Spirit, Lord, as we're listening and as, as there's things that me and, me and my wife need to work on or, or we need to, to, to get to the same page on this, God. Lord, do you continue to speak to, to us, Lord God? Continue to show us the things that, that you want us to tweak or to change or to, to make different, Lord God. Would you have your way, Lord Jesus? We welcome you in our hearts today, God. We welcome you in our relationships, Lord God, to be right smack dab in the middle, God, of, of relationships, God, of, of marriage, God, of, of the future of what you have for us, Lord. We thank you for that this morning, God. We love you. We thank you, God. So if that's you this morning, 
if you want to just spend some, some moments, some time uh, praying with one of these couples, just go ahead and, and make your way forward because these couples are here and, and they, they want to just uh, just do, do this thing with you. They, they want to support you. They want to encourage you. Um, so just come on forward. They, they want to spend some, some, some moments just praying. Uh, as couples are coming forward, um, the last thing that I, I kind of want to do, and, and you guys can continue to come, continue to come and, and pray with these guys, is to, to give you an opportunity. We always want to give an opportunity for a relationship with the Lord because that, that's the most important relationship. That's, that's where it starts and, and that's where it begins. Um, so if you're, if you're here this morning and you don't have that relationship with the Lord, maybe, maybe you've never started that relationship with the Lord or you need to make that recommitment of your relationship with the Lord. Man, we wanna be prayer in prayer with you and for you and these couples will pray with you as well. So if that's you this morning, go ahead and, and, and lift your hand. I, I wanna be praying for you. We wanna uh, be doing this, thing, this life with you. If you're saying, hey, we, I want a relationship with the Lord this morning. I need that. I desire that. I want that. Anyone this morning to say that that would be them? Awesome. Great. Perfect. Cool. So we're just going to continue just to spend some, some moments praying. Uh, if, if you're by your spouse, even I would encourage you, man, let's just take a second and, and pray with your spouse uh, as we close out this service. Um, so we're going to continue to pray here. And if you, if you need to head out, you're definitely dismissed and you're, you're able to go. Uh, we're just going to take some moments, just spend some time with, in, the, in the Lord's presence with our, with our spouses, with our families. Um, so let's, let's continue in that. Thanks for listening to the Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.